0: All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Pursuit of Balance. Today, we're going to talk about the nutritional changes that we should be making during the winter months slash like exercise. Basically, just like overall, when you think about health, like what are some things that we really need to take into account as we enter the winter months? Um, I'm going to kind of freestyle today a little bit more because I was sitting at home when I was, you know, I always like to get the team meeting stuff and the podcast stuff and start writing the email out. I kind of just sat there for like an hour this morning. It was like with a little bit of writer's block of like, what do I really want to talk about? And I made a post earlier this week on Instagram with regards to like some of the nutrition changes that I, you know, like to encourage clients to make. I do a little bit of this myself. Um, A lot of this conversation, as most conversations go when I talk about nutrition or health or, you know, fitness or, you know, whatever it might be. I tend to focus on the mass goal for people, which is, getting leaner or losing body fat. So a lot of today's conversation as well is going to be wrapped around that because I'll give you an example. For me personally, I do not have a weight loss goal. I do not have a fat loss goal. I have probably more of a maintenance goal. So there's definitely some uh, context to like how I change my kind of routine and structure of everything around it. Uh, But I want to go over obviously like how and why most importantly we would do these things, right? So the two things that I talked about earlier this week in my post were... When we get into wintertime, I think a lot of people forget that due to the fact that the weather is going to be colder, you naturally are going to move less, right? And I'll just give you an example. I am someone that is literally powered by the sun. So when the sun is not shining and it's cloudy or it's rainy or it's cold, um, I tend to just be less motivated. You know, I, I feel like I'm very just like driven and powered by sun, like I said. So with the lack of motivation, one of the things that we need to remember is you are inherently without even knowing or paying attention to it subconsciously just going to move a little bit less and that's not a big deal right like it's a lot of the stuff that i'm talking about today is just it's not a big deal it's just something that you need to be aware of um and just like any change in life it first starts with some awareness right um so that's kind of like point number one i made the second point behind it with the follow-up part was the fact that the light changes right if we think about like you know the middle of june or july whatever the longest day of the year is we tend to have a lot of sunlight right and as we get into the winter months we tend to lose a lot of light um and especially with time change which i think is actually coming this sunday um you know it's going to get dark pretty early for us so there's also things that we need to remember as naturally as humans we tend to be a little bit more active or out or motivated even when the sun is shining right um And even just the light, right? So to kind of follow up, even though these run very parallel, is the fact that there's no light, which also means there's no sun. But even during the daylight hours, you could not be seeing the sun, so call it. Um, But with these two things into account, you need to remember that most humans that I work with and probably most people that are listening to this are going to move a lot less during the next, you know, three to five months, let's call it, right? Um, As the weather gets warmer, as we start to have more sunlight, naturally that movement comes back. So the thing that I always like to encourage is you need to understand that with less movement is going to be less calorie expenditure, which means that you're basically, you know, using less energy for your body, which means that you need to be eating less food. So when we look at the very simple equation of energy balance and law of thermodynamics, it's like if we want to lose weight or maintain or whatever it might be, for most people with weight loss, we need to be in some level of a deficit. So if I take one side of the equation and I lower my expenditure, if I don't change my calorie intake, you are probably going to be someone that's going to start to gain weight. Um, I have always had a saying in my career that during, you know, from Halloween all the way to probably the first, you know, halfway through January, let's call it. If you can literally maintain body weight or where you're at with your results from a body composition standpoint, you did pretty well, right? Like it's it's kind of, it's a hard time of year for us to see success with that. Um so a lot of kind of today is really focused on like what are the things that we should really be thinking about with nutrition, navigating through the holidays with the fact that we're entering these winter months with cold and less light and all that, et cetera, stuff. So number one, when we think about the basics, is like, okay, well, we need to lower calories, right? Um, I always like to think about nutrition and I wouldn't say always, I would say I probably really have kind of navigated towards this style of eating a lot more over the last few years. But I like the idea of like eating seasonal and eating local. Um, I was just telling this to Coach Jamie yesterday. It's like if I had the dream scenario when it comes to like grocery shopping or food intake. Like for me doing all the shopping, um, we use Butcher Box at our house for delivery for all animal proteins. So you know, fish, red meat, chicken, the whole nine yards. Um, so I don't really have to worry about buying protein because we always get that in bulk as a monthly delivery. So our freezer is just full of that. Um, and I do that year-round right like that doesn't really change for me when I look at protein My protein is probably always going to be the most constant thing that I have intake throughout the year um, Fat and carbs will kind of fluctuate a little bit. And that's what we'll talk about today um, But then the second thing was like okay, if I'm getting all of my meat delivered or all my animal proteins delivered Then I really just need to focus on getting produce right and getting vegetables and fruits and really trying to kind of build my diet around animal proteins and fruits and vegetables And that's probably, you know, 70, 80% of my diet's built around that. Uh, Then the rest of it is either eating out at a restaurant or having some level of packaged foods or eating, you know, a Chipotle. Because I eat a lot of Chipotle. Like, whatever it is. Like, the rest of the diet tends to be built around that. Um, But from a composition standpoint, the foods that I eat, they will change when you eat like that. I've always, and I said this, um, that I've always liked the idea that someone said, I forget who said this now, uh, that, like, no one should really be doing keto in Costa Rica. Like it doesn't make as much sense. And it's also the same as like someone having an an Asi bowl in Iceland. Like it just doesn't make sense for the demographic and the layout for where you live. So if you eat seasonally and you eat very local, your diet will already go through its fluctuations naturally, right? So I always like to use this as an example. Mother nature is always grown more fruit, aka carb-rich plants, during the hotter months in the summer months, which is why someone that lives in Costa Rica or a more tropical geographical location can probably eat a lot more carbs or more probably what I would say constant diet throughout the year, 365 days a year. If you're someone that lives like where we live in Palo Alto, we do have a change in seasons, which also means that there probably should be some level of a change in our diet. Um, so I always like to think about it that way. It's like, you know, this world is already set us up for the understanding that there's going to be different levels of produce throughout the year, which also means that we should probably be adapting and changing that diet parallel to those changes. Um, so prime example is I, uh, when it comes to carb intake, I always am a white rice, potatoes, fruits, um, easy digesting vegetables, fruit juice, coconut water, honey, Like, that tends to be my main carb sources because I like to choose carbs personally and encourage you guys to choose carbs that really digestively work well for you. Um, So I don't really do things like brown rice or certain vegetables. Or obviously, I try to stay away from processed, refined carbs and foods, period, all the time as much as I can. Um, But during the winter months, I eat less fruit. I have less fruit juice. um, And I kind of almost have like a, a carb cycling approach. Um, I'm going to do a nutrition challenge. I don't want really want to call it a challenge, but more of like a, a framework for you guys to have some structure throughout the rest of the year that I'll organize with like weekly zoom calls or things like that. Um, and I'll give you guys more details on that. So stay tuned for sure. But you know what I mean by carb cycling is like sometimes during the summer months because I have so much movement, so much activity, so much sunlight, uh, and I'm just out and about all day because I want to be outside because it's nice outside. Um, I take a lot more carbs in. So I I almost have carbs like for every meal and even for breakfast, even if my carbs are maybe more fruit centric, I'll have a lot of fruit Um, or I'll have a lot of honey or I'll have a lot of whatever it might be, a fruit juice, even orange juice, things like that. As I get into the colder months, I like to kind of restrict some of those things a little bit, right? So I try to maybe focus on a little bit more of the vegetable side of things that I like, um, and less fruit, and the fruit that I am eating, I try to be focused a little bit more on like the type of fruits that I'm getting. So, for example, like pears are in season, um, so I'm eating a little bit more pears. I know December, like oranges are going to be popular during that time of year, so I'll try to eat my fruits kind of in alignment for what's growing locally around us during this season. Um, but the second thing is when we look at light, one of the things that you know longevity biohacker people like to talk about all the time is. Try to take in most of your calories when the sun is shining. So when we don't have daylight, try to remove some of the intake of food. Um, And that's going to help us with circadian rhythm, uh, circadian rhythm, sorry, which is obviously going to be ideal for optimizing the way you sleep, which is going to optimize hormonal production, which is going to optimize your recovery, your training, the whole nine yards, right? So really paying attention to circadian rhythm and understanding that your circadian rhythm does have fluctuations throughout the year because light has fluctuations throughout the year. So with less light, your body is going to start to maybe release more melatonin at an earlier time. Um, But if you're someone that has a lot of lights on throughout the night or still eating really, really late at night, I'm a victim of this one myself for sure. um, You kind of disrupt some of that. And naturally, in the winter months, we actually should be getting a little bit more sleep um, just due to the fact that we're having a little less daylight, right? So what I also like to try to think about doing and encouraging for people is trying to have dinner a little bit earlier in the winter months, right? So trying to focus on, you know, that good two to three to four hour rule before bedtime. Um, And for some people, they're already eating naturally pretty early. So it's not a big deal for me. Like I'm one of those people that I have to really focus on that being kind of an essential part um, to kind of the routine for myself, just because I naturally don't do it as well. In the summer months, it's like, I don't want to say less important, but it's just like obviously having daylight to almost 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock every day. Like I almost go to bed a little bit earlier, I think, in the winter just because it's dark for, you know, a couple hours before I go to bed. I just naturally like start feeling like I'm ready to fall asleep around 930 or 10 versus like 1030 or 11 during the summer months. So those are adjustments that I would think about, right? So like understanding that, yes, there needs to be some level of like maybe more intense calorie restriction, but the understanding that holidays are coming and we are going to have – family in town and we're going to eat more food and we're going to have more alcohol. We're going to have more dessert. I like the carb cycling approach during these times. Carb cycling or cyclical ketosis, which is another fancy way to say it, like maybe in the days that I can't control, I really, really try to focus most of my diet around things that are going to be very protein, um, healthy fats, and very, very low carb fruits or vegetables. Um, And mainly just like I said, having maybe more vegetables depending on the activity level. Um, And what this allows us to do is when you have these holidays, so like when we have Thanksgiving coming up or we have holiday parties with work or we have family in town for the weekend or you have whatever the holiday is, it doesn't matter what you're celebrating, Um, you know, in today's day and age, just got to say happy holiday versus things like Merry Christmas and things like that. But um, so whatever you're celebrating, like there needs to be some adjustment. For those periods, right? Because the fact that you're having less movement with a shit ton more calories or carbs during the holidays or during those events, we need to make up our adjustments and do our due diligence on the other days that we have better control and management of what we're intaking, right? So that's kind of where I always like to leave it, right? And the last thing that I always like to kind of like touch on, which is you know something that's a little bit more high level, is your body when the sun is shining and you're taking in a lot of direct sunlight through the eyes and the skin, your body actually does a better job at metabolizing glucose, right? It's not to say that you don't see sun, that you shouldn't have any carbs or sugar. Um, It's just to say to understand that your body is not gonna be as effective as it should. Um, So there's a lot of research and science that's backed this up, but a lot of us just don't take that into account. We tend to just eat the same way throughout the year. And to be honest with you, some people actually even eat more carbs during this time of year. I would encourage you and challenge you to try to almost eat a little bit more keto-ish during the weekdays. Maybe instead of having three or four meals a day, you're having two or three meals a day. You know, try to figure out these management systems and tactics that you can use that are just really, really organic ways for you to be like, okay, that's like a cool way for me to manage calories a little bit more. By reducing your carbon take a little bit, you're naturally going to eat a little bit less, right? Like the reason why keto tends to be so effective is because you're removing an entire food group. I'm not going to get all sciencey and why certain diets work better than others because I personally come from a bias that I just, the reason why most diets work is they do a really good job at somehow eliminating calories. Um, So that's always one thing to think about. So that's kind of the nutrition side. Those are like little pointers and things that I would say, like, I would encourage you to really kind of reevaluate what you're currently doing with that. Now on the training front, I made another post about this yesterday. The fact that we have less movement means that we should really be focused on more exercise. So, movement and exercise, I put them in the same dimension for you know health optimization, but they are different, right? Taking ten thousand steps a day with just daily movement throughout the day is different than you going to functional lifestyles and doing a class for an hour. Um, functional lifestyles would be your dedicated exercise time. Your ten thousand steps would be your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, um, and both of these obviously have a role in energy expenditure, right? So during the fact that we understand that in the winter months, we're probably gonna be maybe moving a little bit less, or maybe those people that are walking 10, 12, 15,000 steps a day or more, you'll naturally see with your step counter that people just tend to get a little bit lower. They maybe they're like eight to 12 instead of 12 to 15, or six to 10 or whatever it is. Um, If you're someone that doesn't really like adjusting a lot of your nutrition or restricting calories, I am one of those people, then let's try to focus on either A, Staying motivated enough to continue your movement, even through the winter months when it's cold. Like for example, I love walking my dog every single morning for 20 minutes to go 10 minute walk to the park, throw the ball with her for 10, 15 minutes, and walk 10 minutes back. So take, let's call it 30 minutes. I love starting my mornings like that. I will tell you right now, looking you dead in the eyes to this camera, that when it's 40 degrees outside, it takes a lot more motivation, right? So. I'm not gonna be lie to you i think this week i only did it three times instead of like five or six so those are things that as you create awareness around like wow these are these little things that i'm just like moving a little bit less with um your body's burning less calories right so but if you're someone that really is not going to be accountable enough to keep the movement up which 99 percent of us probably are in this camp then what i would do is let's focus on making sure that we're always getting exercise in right um they sound very similar but one of the things that i did in the video yesterday was like Let's just say that you are someone that comes to functionalized cells three days a week. Um, what I would do is, even the days that have conditioning, but especially the days that are just more strength focused, is I would do 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes at most, uh, probably shooting closer to around 20 minutes being the goal or 15 being the goal, doing some type of aerobic cardio after. Um, you know, we have rowers, we have airdynes, we have skiers, we have jump ropes, we have the ability to run, we have the ability to push the sled at a slower pace. Um, when you look at zones of cardio zone one two three four five zone one is 50 to 60 percent of your max heart rate Zone two is 60 to 70 Zone three is 70 to 80 zone four 90 to or 80 to 90 zone five 90 to 100 you get the drift right if um, you're someone that doesn't have a heart rate monitor or you know tracker of any sort and when you want to know if you're in aerobic zone it is just a really easy way to do this is just breathe through your nose and if you can't breathe through your nose you're probably at a too high of a zone. Um, Why it's important to do aerobic instead of anaerobic, right? Like if you're doing yesterday's workout of an 8-minute AMRAP of 10 wall balls and 10 V-ups, that's very anaerobic, right? It's a different energy system. Your body's going to take in burning a lot more carbohydrates during that. If you want to learn how to oxidize fat, we need to have more low-level aerobic stuff, which is why it's so important to always have movement as a foundation to our exercise. It's important to do both. Um, But the worst thing you can do is, like, kick your ass in the gym for 60 minutes and then go ride the Airdyne for another 20 minutes doing sprints. Like, A, I can tell you right now, most people are just not going to do that, period. But B, it's actually not going to be as optimal as what we would want, right? We want to have some lower-level cardio stuff that's more what we will call, quote-unquote, in the movement kind of bucket. Um, So I would always encourage everybody that if you're already at the gym spend the extra 20 minutes doing a little bit more aerobic work, right? Make it low level. It doesn't need to be super intense, but just like move for an extra 15, 20 minutes. Um, or I would encourage you to do something more at home, right? Or do take more hikes or go on a walk more during the day. Um, like try to force yourself into the movement. Because the cool thing is if you can build a habit in the wintertime, I can guarantee you're going to kill it in the summertime. Um, but or just think about the things that you have at home, right? Like I personally we have a peloton at home i don't really ride the peloton at all like nine months a year um but during the colder months like november maybe i'll start right like i rode it last weekend actually um december january february those three months i tend to ride the peloton a little bit more because i'm trying to get some level of aerobic work into my kind of routine or just movement based stuff and i don't try to make them super intense but naturally as i get into the class i kind of i tend to do that anyways but i don't try to uh, just as you get in the workout, sometimes that just happens, right? So, if you are someone that doesn't really want to adjust the calories a lot or adjust the nutrition so much, I love the earn the carbs mentality personally. You know, like I'm someone that definitely likes having carbohydrates, but I try, I'm, but I'm also disciplined enough to be like, okay, if I'm not really training a lot, I put less rice in the plate, right? I have less fruit. I try to make those like subtle changes in the diet um, that allow me to accommodate for what I'm looking at. Just because think about energy balance as being two sides of the equation. I'm personally someone that wants to maintain, so getting enough food in is actually more of a battle for me. So, yeah, it's so rough, Corey, I know. But for people that want to lose weight, it's like if the energy expenditure goes down, so do the calories. But if you don't want to lower the calories, then find other ways to actually add more calories into the burn over the week and the day. So those are kind of your two options with that, right? All right, guys, well, I try not to make these too long as always, so I hope you guys have some valuable information you can take out of that. Um, I would definitely encourage you guys to share this with family, friends, roommates, significant others, people that definitely can hear with this because at the end of the day, your environment, you you will be a product of your environment always. And secondly, it's really, really important during these times of year um, to have an accountability partner, right? Which could be, your, could be your significant other. It could be your roommate. could be you hiring a coach. Like this is the hardest time of year to stay accountable to what we're doing. So the more people you get on this mission with you, the easier it is to sustain. And I'm gonna tell you right now, if you are someone that can kick ass through this time of year, you're gonna have zero problem doing it during the rest of the year. It's just easier to stay motivated, I think, when the light's out. And who knows? That could just be my bias. I don't even know if it's true. Um, but as always... Have a good weekend. Take care. See you guys next week.